The game is over. Your Bucks postgame show starts now. Welcome to Bucks Talk. Insight, analysis, and your chance to sound off on the game you just heard. Now to break it all down, here's your host, Justin Garcia. Well, a disappointing loss tonight for the Bucks. You knew it was going to be tough in Phoenix against the Suns team that has been playing much, much better of late. But when you saw the latest injury report headed into this game and knew no Brooke Lopez, no Damian Lillard, and uh, seven or eight minutes into the game, you lose Chris Middleton as well. Uh, if we do have any updates on Chris Middleton, I did see one from Eric Name, but if we have any further updates... We'll provide those on this show, but the latest was he did have some x-rays. They were negative. However, uh, Chris Middleton apparently leaving the arena in a walking boot and on crutches. So we'll see what that means for the rest of the first half of this schedule. I think you would uh, have to look at it as possibly in jeopardy for Chris Middleton as the uh, All-Star break begins one week from Friday and it may be coming at a great time for this team that uh, all of a sudden had such good health for the first 40 or so, 45 games of this season. And now you've started to see some little things start to pile up here. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. So a disappointing outcome in Phoenix. But as we mentioned on the network, the results are the disappointing part. The process is the encouraging part of what we've seen from this team for eight games now. 855-616-1620, the number to join us this morning on Bucks Talk. We'll get into some of those numbers and to take a look at what's in front of the Bucks, The landscape of the Eastern Conference, because the last couple of weeks have certainly made the top of the East very, very interesting. We'll get into that conversation after this on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk. Back to Bucks Talk. One fourteen to one hundred six was the final in Phoenix. The Suns beat the Bucks, so you do wrap up this road trip with a one and four record. Obviously, not ideal, um, but look, I think in the next couple of days you'll figure out. Like, this is the discourse where you'll pick up on who is actually watching these games and who is just looking at the standings and looking at the box score. Because if you come in with a take of, man, the Bucks still haven't fixed anything, the defense is still bad, and oh, it's time to worry. They just went 1-4. Doc Rivers has lost four of his first five games as the coach of the Bucks, and now all of a sudden they're tied for third and could potentially be fourth going into the All-Star break. There's a lot of problems. You're going to hear a lot of that. That could not be further from the truth. Now, the one and four part, sure, it's frustrating. And I think when you look at this road trip, you knew Denver was going to be a challenge. And the way the Bucs played, I think you left feeling very good about the result. The result, not so much, I should say. You left feeling very good about what you saw. The process that it got there. Um, the way they defended Nikola Jokic, he did have 25 points, but he needed 25 shots to get there. And that was a game that went down to the wire. You end up losing 
by six points, 113 to 107. You had led during that game. You you could make a case you should have won. You led by double digits. But the Bucks did a good job protecting the basketball. They crashed the offensive glass. They looked much better and much more locked in defensively. I'm going to gloss over what happened two days later for now, but when we get to the rest of the road trip, then you had Dallas, and you talk about two extremes where it started one way and you felt maybe that discourse that I just mentioned, maybe that is right. You're outscored by 24 in the opening quarter. You're down by 25 at one point in that game, but then you score the last 15 points of the first half. It's a five-point game. You start to feel a lot better. And you win that game. And then you go into Utah. And it was a brutal, brutal trip to go from Dallas to Utah. Doc Rivers joked after the game tonight, you know, whoever put that schedule together, I don't think has ever been on an airplane that says, all right, let's go from Dallas to Utah in one day and change time zones. We'll arrive in Utah at 2 in the morning. We'll play a game that night, deal with the altitude. Um, But you played very good for three quarters, and I think you could clearly see you ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. You started to miss short on a lot of shots. And as Doc Rivers has pointed to, you know, on this trip overall, we've seen a little bit of tired legs. Part of that is a road trip. Part of it is bouncing around in time zones. Part of it is how we're defending, too. That You know, it's, it's taken some out of guys. And if those two games, Utah and Dallas, would have been flipped, I think we'd feel much better. The big part of this road trip is that Portland game. And that's the one that I think everybody circled and said, we'll win this game. If you get at least one other game, it's two and three. It's close enough to 500. I can live with that. If you can go 500 in the other four games, you can beat Dallas, maybe, or you beat Utah, and we can take one of those between Phoenix and Denver. Man, that's a really good trip if you go three and two. But the Portland game is what stands out. That's, that's where the disappointment stems from. If you leave with any negativity over what you saw, that's the game. It just wasn't good. And, you know, how much of that was the emotional homecoming for Damian Lillard? Who knows? There's no way to really quantify that. Doc Rivers said before the game tonight, too, you know, Dame had had talked about it with me, that he was exhausted, and it, it took a lot out of him for that game. And... Doc had been a part of a number of those games. He was he was with Kevin Garnett. He was his coach when he returned to Minnesota. Uh, same thing with Patrick Ewing. Doc was coaching him in Orlando when Patrick Ewing returned to New York. And you know everybody handles it differently. Everybody is charged up to get out there and do something in that building they used to play in and put on the show for the old fans. But you go about it different ways. And as Doc said, you know, Dame said, I, I was exhausted. It took a lot out of me. Now, that's not the reason why the Bucks lost. But that's the disappointment of this road trip is, man, you, you wish you would have had a better showing in Portland and you could have won that game. And again, you take the fourth quarter out of it. And you do. That's the one thing is these clutch numbers. I, the Bucks haven't had a whole lot of them, but the way that they've played down the stretch has been different from what we saw earlier in the season where we would just hang our hat on. Man, look at the Bucks in the clutch. They're winning these games. Their net rating is the best of any team in the fourth quarter and in those clutch situations. That's taken a step back. But what you're seeing for the other 43 minutes of the game is what's important, and that's where the good has come from. 
So the one and four record during this trip is not good, but the numbers that we've seen and the way this team has looked, the eye test for these five games, for these eight games, starting with that three-game interim stretch from Joe Prunty, that has been much better. That's the encouraging part. And again, the numbers back it up. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. We'll get to those numbers and just how much, especially defensively, they do jump off the page in what we've seen from this team. And albeit eight games, not a large sample size, but what we've seen in these eight games and how much it is different drastically from what we saw for the first few months of this season. We'll share those numbers after this on Bucks Talk. You're listening to Bucks Talk. The round ball repartee returns. This is Bucks Talk. 114 to 106, the final in Phoenix. The Bucks come up just short in a game they play without Brooke Lopez, without Damian Lillard. So now 0 and 4 in games that Damian Lillard has not played in this season. And again, for all intents and purposes, you played this game without Chris Middleton. He left after seven or eight minutes in this one. Um, according to Eric Name, he left. In a walking boot and on crutches. Now, his x-rays were negative. Um, but I think any time you hear walking boot and crutches, you immediately jump to the worst-case scenario. The good news is you do have a week-long break coming up. And I, I think we'll all be curious to see what the injury report reads for Thursday against the Timberwolves. Not just for Chris Middleton, for this entire team. Again, it's it's three straight games you played without Brooke Lopez. You played without Dame tonight. Now we wonder what the status is of Chris Middleton. We saw Giannis take a shot in the back earlier tonight. There was a lot. Campaign took a couple of hard falls where his team's been very, very healthy for basically the duration of the season. And then all of a sudden, little things started to pop up in this game tonight. So uh, we will be holding our breath to see what the status is for Chris Middleton for these next couple of games because I I think we put so much attention and focus on this road trip and and its difficulty with the five games, with the caliber of uh, opponents that you had on this trip. But it does not get easier when you return home. You do have a four-game homestand. That's the good. But those teams on the homestand, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat, and the Charlotte Hornets, Two of those four teams are co-leaders in the Western Conference, in the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. And then you have the Miami Heat. So it's a challenging stretch in front of the Bucks. Just as we said, I think a lot of fans circled that Blazers game. There are two games I think you do have to circle with the way that the standings have started to shake out here. You have to circle that Hornets game, and you close the first half of the season in Memphis against the Grizzlies. If you've been following the Memphis Grizzlies the last couple of weeks, and especially this past week, if you can name more than two players playing for the Memphis Grizzlies, I think you're a pretty hardcore NBA fan. They just played over the weekend without 13 guys and basically called up an entire G League squad. So those are the two games you would circle and say, all right, I don't want to take any opponent lightly and look past teams, but we should get these two games given how difficult the schedule is in front of us. We will get to that schedule because it's kind of good news, bad news. The bad news is, man, you got a really tough, difficult schedule left. The good news is you're starting to peel off some of those difficult games right now as they approach the game tonight with the second most difficult schedule remaining, 
to only, trailing only, the Phoenix Suns. But the stretch that's in front of you is a big part of that difficulty. The end of March as well, but this stretch right now does not help. 855-616-1620, the number to join us on Bucks Talk. We'll get to those numbers that I promised, the eight-game sample size, how the defense has looked, and a couple of other areas that stand out that we've seen from this Bucks team since January 4th, 24th, the last eight games that this team has played. We'll dive into the numbers after this on Bucks Talk. The hardwood homilies continue after this. This is Bucks Talk. Jeff. This is Bucks Talk. All right, a disappointing loss tonight for the Bucks. A disappointing road trip by way of the one and four record, but there are some numbers that give you a lot more confidence that this is headed in the right direction. We mentioned the defense and how much better that's looked. Uh, you take garbage time out of it. So according to, to cleaning the glass here, in the eight games the Bucks have played since January 24th, so you had two games against the Cavs, you had a game against the Pelicans, you had the difficulty of this road trip with the Jazz, with the, the Denver Nuggets, tonight against the Suns, the Dallas Mavericks, and of course the Portland Trailblazers. In those games, removing garbage time from the equation, the Bucks have the 10th best defense in the league with a 115.1 defensive rating. Now, if we just go by overall, all 48 minutes of those games played and use NBA.com and their metrics, in those games, it looks even better. The Bucks have the eighth-best defense with a 113.7 defensive rating. The offense has been the issue, 20th-best in the league. But you can tell the offense is it's still figuring out ways to be more efficient. And as we mentioned at the time of the coaching change, we can point all we want to the defense. That's a big part of it. But part of the offense is figuring out how do we really unlock Damian Lillard. You obviously didn't have him tonight. He had a great game against the Dallas Mavericks, his best in a Bucks uniform. Turn the ankle. You could see him late in the game, re-aggravate that in that loss to the Utah Jazz. So you're still getting there offensively. And the Bucks did not shoot the ball too well during this road trip. But the defense has been much better. It has shown you the signs that, look, we can be a top half of the league defense with this group. We can get there. We've cleaned up a lot of things. How have they gotten there? Well, number one, they've been much more connected to shooters. I think that's clear when you watch these games. They're not overhelping. They've been rotating very well. We've seen a couple of things implemented like blitzing and a lot more trapping. You saw a little bit of it tonight in the second half, but they've been much more connected on the floor. That's a big part of it. They're also doing a much better job rebounding the ball. They've been the seventh-best defensive rebounding team in the league, so you're not giving up as many second-chance points. That, in turn, has taken down some of that paint production for the opponents, which you think back to early in the season. We were talking about blow-bys. We were talking about guards that were putting up huge games. Now, you saw that tonight, but Devin Booker and, and Bradley Beal have done that to a lot of teams. And Bradley Beal just had 43 in the last game he played over the weekend against his former team. But we were talking about blow-bys. We were talking about points in the paint, second-chance points, offensive rebounds, all of these things. Transition, points in transition. Slowly but surely, the Bucks have started to clean all of those up. They're rebounded at a much higher defensive rate. They've been a better defense. They're forcing more turnovers. At the time of the coaching change, they were 30th 
in turnover rate defensively. In other words, percentage of possessions that result in the opponent turning the ball over. The Bucks were 30th. Since the change, they're 12th. So above the middle of the pack. Better than league average. Their effective field goal percentage for opponents, in other words, the quality of shot your opponent is getting, is in the middle of the pack. And in terms of their offense, they have cut down on their turnovers. They're in the middle of the pack, 14th in turnover rate. So they're doing a lot of things better. Now you're just trying to juice the offense, which is crazy to say with Giannis and Damian Lillard, but you're starting to make some changes defensively, and I think that's part of what we've seen offensively. Is Doc Rivers has, has mentioned this. The way we're playing defense, like I want that intensity there because that's how you have to play in the playoffs. And you can see it's taken some out of guys that we're, we're kind of building that up at this point of the season. And that's probably hurt your offense, but it's something that the Bucks have needed. So the numbers back it up when people say, look, I know they were 1-4, but I like what we saw. Those numbers back all of that up. It's frustrating. It's coming at a not great time when you look at what's going on directly behind you or now directly in front of you and next to you in the Eastern Conference. But there's a lot to like about what we've seen now these last, what, two and a half, three weeks from the Bucks. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. What I mean by what's directly in front of you and now next to you. We'll get into that after this on Bucks Talk. You're listening to Bucks Talk. The round ball repartee returns. This is Bucks Talk. Ain't no way they can stop me now. One fourteen to one oh six. The final in Phoenix. The Bucks fall to the Suns. The short-handed Bucks. And again, no Brooke Lopez, no Damian Lillard. And seven minutes into the game, you lose Chris Middleton. So a very, very short-handed team. But another terrific game from Giannis, who started zero of five, finished thirteen of nineteen the rest of the way, and had another thirty ten game. Could have had another triple double again if it weren't for some of those shooting percentages. But that's another thing Doc Rivers mentioned after the game. His playmaking is elite right now. He's making all the right reads. He's trusting his teammates. And and trust me, that is going to work in your favor. I know the shots haven't been falling during this couple of game stretch. They're going to start to fall. And trusting that process is going to lead to good things. So during that road trip, the Bucks shot about 35% from three, which it's not terrible. It was still 20th in the NBA during that stretch, and for the season as a whole, they're a 38% three-point shooting team, eighth best in the league. Their free throw um, trips to the line cut down during this stretch as well. Just all of the offense, you weren't making quite as many shots, and you weren't making it at the rate we typically see from the Bucks fifth in the league, fifth best field goal percentage during the road trip again, twentieth. So you were twenty best, twentieth best at shooting the ball and shooting threes. Those numbers are going to start to come up. Part of it was playing a game without Damian Lillard, playing three games without Brooke Lopez. You just had some rough shooting nights. Part of it too is the way that you were really locked in and engaged defensively. But I think that is a trade off. Most, if not all, Bucks fans would sign up for that. Look, if if we're going to see the defense play like this, and it it is something to hold the Phoenix Suns 
to 114 points. Given some of the defensive performances we've seen of late from this team, they had all three of their guys, and you held them to 48 points in the first half. A 70 offensive rating in the half court in the first half for the Phoenix Suns. Some of that was missed shots, sure. Some of it was poor shot selection. But some of it was the Bucks' defense, and that is the encouraging part. Now, it's very challenging with the schedule that's in front of you, and especially given what two teams have been doing of late. We'll get you up to speed on that and wrap up the show after this on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk. Welcome back to Bucks Talk. Shorthanded Bucks come up short in Phoenix against the Suns, so you wrap up the road trip with a one and four record. That's the disappointing part. But uh, as we just mentioned, there was a lot to like about what you saw. The numbers back that up. Eighth best defense in the league since January 24th, and I know it's only eight games, but your defense has been the eighth best in the league. And the other thing to point out, the other caveat in all of this is the teams that you have played in that stretch, five of the eight games are against teams that are in the top ten in offensive rating during that stretch. So it has been against some stiff competition, and this defense has been up to the task. You're going to need to continue to pull from that, though, with the schedule that's in front of you. Again, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Charlotte Hornets on a back-to-back, then two days off, but then the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat on another back-to-back, and then you wrap up the uh, first half of the season in Memphis against the Grizzlies. So, look, you obviously don't want another 1-4 and four showing, especially that you're at home. But two more back-to-backs going into the All-Star break and coming out of the All-Star break, another game against the Timberwolves. So it's a very, very difficult stretch the Bucks are in the midst of. And because of that, because of the schedule that they've had and gone through and the way that the teams around them are playing, you suddenly find yourself tied for third place in the Eastern Conference. The good news is you know, we spent so much time talking about losing the season series to the Pacers. You have the season series against the New York Knicks. If it weren't for that, you would currently be fourth in the Eastern Conference. Bucks and the Knicks are both 33-18. and 18. you got one game left with the Knicks, but you've already locked up that season series. You match the Cavaliers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers have not only caught the Bucs, they are now two games up on the Bucs in the loss column. So we've seen the Cavs and the Knicks play incredibly well, and we've seen the Bucs take a bit of a step back with this difficult schedule. But you can continue to play defense the way we've seen during these five games. You do feel very encouraged about what we see going forward. Big day on Thursday. It is the trade deadline, 2 o'clock Central Time. So be on the lookout for anything we could see leading up to that afternoon. And then later that night... The first of the back-to-back, a big matchup against the Minnesota Timberwolves. 7 o'clock tip-off from Fiserv Forum. 6.30 is when our pregame coverage begins. And as always, be sure to stick around after the game for Bucks Talk.